Hey, no Coach Sal last week due to a surprise appearance by Canadian Football League Commissioner Randy Ambrosi. But he returns with his pregame salutations. Let's bring back the coach, John Salavanis. Glad to have you back, Coach Sal. Oh, glad to be back, Bubba. I missed you last week. Yeah, you, we, we didn't mean to bump you there, but the commissioner, he put his foot down and said, I, I, need, I have some things to say. Oh, well, he's, a, he's an old lineman, so I'll forgive him. <laughs> hey, hey, big clash tonight as we're talking about here on the Ticats Audio Network, Coach. And, you know, I, I'm going to continue on sort of the, some of the things that I was poking Andy with it in our first block there. That, you know what, I know the TSN, the newspaper, the media, the fans, they're all talking about this big return of Bo Levi Mitchell. They're talking about Dustin Crum. And of course, the quarterback, it's a quarterback-driven league. But I'm going to turn the, turn the tables a little bit and talk about this Ticats defense. And I kind of hinted at it earlier. Statistically, they're not where they want to be right now, and this is an important part of victory for them this evening. Yeah, you're right. You're right, Bubba, to mention that and to uh, highlight it. Uh, the storyline is Bo's return, but this Hamilton defense is giving up an average of 115 yards on the ground. They rank ninth in points allowed. They're last in yards allowed per play. They give up over eight yards per play. They've given up 14 30-plus yards in the air. They've got 21 TDs against them. Uh, this D has been penalized 23 times. All of that is not what Tiger Cat football is all about. And the defense really has to come to four in this game tonight. Yeah, absolutely. It's it's very unmarked Washington-esque. And it, when, you have, when you're going up against uh, – um, a young, exciting quarterback like Dustin Crum, what adjustments would you make as a coach to sort of fix some of those stat columns? Well, Andy, you mentioned it in your quarterback analysis of Crum. You know, when you talk about Crum being a, a, a scrambler and being able to make yards, I go back to Bill Belichick's idea. You know, players, do your job. If you're a defensive end and your job is to contain, contain the man. Make him move back to the inside. If you're an inside player, you know, you force him out to your outside player. So every defensive call relies on each player doing their own job. Uh, in, in containing Crumb really is important because if you look at their stats, uh, in their last three games rushing, including their quarterback, Ottawa has 136 yards on the ground, 150 yards on the ground, and 184 yards on the ground. So they are really pressing the ability of their quarterback to scramble out and get yards uh, for them. So defensively, you've got to take that away from them. And, you know, when you look at where we're ranked right now uh, uh, defensively, this is going to be a massive job for the defensive front. So do you think the, the Ticats should load the box more or apply more pressure and, and have more single coverage uh, on the receivers? You know, it's always a, a um, position where you have to uh, kind of cut it in half. You want half of what you're doing uh, to be the pressure game, and then you want half of it to be the cover game. You, you want to put him in bad positions so that he doesn't have the ability uh, to make the difference for you. If you look back at the, the Red Blacks against Calgary, if you look at the stats they had, 
The Red Blacks were able to convert second down 52% of the time. That's ridiculous. You, you can't allow them uh, the position that they're in if you're giving up first down yardage to, to be able to convert their second down plays. So, you know, at, at a certain time in the game, uh, whether, you know, maybe you got them backed up in there, do you want to play pressure or do you want to play zone? which uh, is going to confuse them the most. But I think you have to mix it up throughout the game. Coach, I know that uh, Orlando Steinhauer likes to break up the season into into thirds and, uh, and create many goals, I guess, for each six games. Is that something you uh, did as a coach? Is that an approach you took? And if not, what was your kind of outlook as this, for the season as a whole? No, you're absolutely right. To You know, you divide the season into three parts. Part one, you know, the Cats had four divisional games, and they won only one of them. So now we enter the second uh, one-third of the season, uh, and they'll meet divisional teams four times starting tonight. So uh, you have to be able to make ground up in this four-game section, uh, including the Labor Day game against Toronto. Uh, In in the last one-third of the season, we only have two divisional games. So if you're going to put yourself in position uh, to be a playoff team, this is the four-game stint that you have to work with. So what what would the goal be for this this six-game stint? Well, I think you got to flip uh, what they did. You know, the, what were we? We were uh, one win uh, divisionally uh, in the first uh, six games. Uh, the other win came against Edmonton. So we're going to get uh, the four divisional uh, opponents. We'll see Ottawa twice. So tonight's game is really important because you break the tie with, with uh, uh, the Red Blacks by winning tonight. So there's only three games against them. There are four games against Toronto. We've already had two losses, so Labor Day then becomes a really big uh, game for them. In Montreal, we get uh, on next on our schedule. So all in all, you know, I, I think we're in great position as long as we can uh, get into this ball game tonight. And the heat factor is going to be there. If, if you really think about it, Ottawa had to travel. They played late uh, last week. They had to travel, uh, uh, and they had to play an overtime game. So they'll come out with a whole lot of adrenaline in the first part of the ball game, and the Cats have to be able to, to withstand that and, and come back later in the ball game, hopefully uh, with with a better uh, perspective on on conditioning. Coach, I know I mentioned earlier that uh, we have a. <laughs> A somewhat healthy old line and as I say that I'm looking at this the six game injury list and there's there's the three three potential starters on that but uh, re, but regardless we have seen these names uh, playing so far this season quite a bit and that's I guess why I led to okay I'm familiar with these guys it's not anybody new um, and we have a dynamic runner like James Butler who was very prevalent in the two wins but sort of less existent last week against Toronto what is what would your approach be for getting Bo Levi back into the swing of things uh, especially early in this game where the Ticats have struggled so much having zero touchdowns in the first quarter all season long it's crazy well you know Mitchell's going to have some rust let's be realistic about it you know the guy hasn't played uh, that many games 
Uh, I think he's probably had some better input uh, with Condell, the uh, coordinator, in terms of what he likes uh, in the ballgame. But to be successful, he will need protection and he will need a run game. And maybe the fact that we bring Thomas Erlington back will help in that area because he can get out of the backfield and, and be a receiver for him as well as a runner. But that old line that we're talking about has never had the same five players in the same position for any of the six games. They need to really do a job tonight in protection. And, and Chris Van Zyl's not on the roster uh, this evening. They bring in Zaire uh, that we know very little or nothing about uh, at this point as a backup and Black, uh, the uh, uh, draft choice, as a backup. So that front line five, and it has to do a great job. Yeah, you got Kendrick Sardor in there at right tackle, and Tyrone Riley takes a step out this week as being the starter last week. Is that a difference maker, bringing in Sardor and, and not having Riley? Well, you know, it's hard to say because the the complement of, of players, like Kemp played the right side last week while Riley played the left. Now Kemp has to go from the right side over to the left to allow Sartor to come in on, on the right side. All of that uh, is uh, paramount to saying, you know, we're not sure who's the best at which, which position. And at the same time, you know, uh, every time you miss a starter or a starter misses a game, uh, that puts a lot more pressure on the guy that has to make the move uh, to cover for. You're talking about guys that Bo Levi will be leaning on. Uh, hidden in the fact there in this contest is this will be his first regular season game with Richie Sandani. Remember, Sandani missed the first two games of the season. And who did he have the connection, the touchdown connection with in the preseason? Richie Sandani. So a, a guy that he's familiar with like out of Calgary could be very uh, very important for Bo Levi in, in, in sort of getting uh, getting going and you know someone that you just kind of feel like I know where he's going to be. Yeah, but remember this, Sandini was playing at the slot back position uh, in those ball games with uh, Mitchell. Now right. he's out at the wide receiver position. So I don't know how much change that makes. But if I'm looking at guys that, that have to get into this ball game and do a great job receiving, you've got to look. Goodwin had a great game last week. White has to come forward in this ball game as well as uh, Shaq Williams. Uh, those guys have to really step up. And you've got to get McAllister somewhere in the open area where he can use his ability, his, his run ability, uh, as a return-type uh, player where he can break some tackles and make some big gains. Coach, the Ticats have 66 penalties this year, which is which is last in the league, and going against Ottawa with only 36 penalties, first in the league. What is going on with the penalties, and how do you fix that tonight? Well, you know, if you look at the penalties and you divide the penalties up as to uh, good penalties and bad penalties, a good <laughs> penalty may be uh, where, uh, you know, your quarterback's going to get killed, so you tackle a guy as an offensive lineman. But the bad penalties are, are those that are, are uh, uh, selfish penalties. Somewhat avoidable. Yeah, yeah, they're avoidable. They're, they're selfish. You don't retaliate. You, you don't go after somebody just because you're, you're mad at the guy because he pushed you a little too hard. So, 
you know, I, I really think that, you know, it, it comes down to coaches can coach the players, but they cannot stop the players uh, uh, from doing what they're doing. The player himself has to have the ability to, to uh, maintain his composure and not have those unnecessary penalties. But, Coach, how do you coach that? I mean, do, do you have do do is there have to be uh, player fines or like like uh, it is? It's become an issue. Like, let's we can't hide from this. Like, well, how do you stop when, it? Well, when we had it with uh, Coach Bruno, when Coach Bruno was there, Coach Bruno had a saying. He said, "Where you hurt them is in their pocketbook," <laughs> and so you find them. And, and uh, we had a fine system set up. Uh, where uh, those penalties uh, cost the player pretty dearly. Uh, and, of course, they weren't making that much money to start with. But uh, I think that's probably the only way you can approach it. Well, certainly needs to uh, <laughs> needs to change here, because hurting yourself is, is not what you want to keep doing in order to uh, take no. this middle third of the season and, and turn that two and four record into uh, uh you know maybe this is four and two in the second and middle third and end up being six and six or or hopefully yep. even better than that um but 23 special teams penalties so far on the season that's uh four higher than anyone else in the league including the 0 seven edmonton uh, elks um yep. just just not the jeff reinbolt led special teams unit we're used to seeing however there has been some excitement in that unit and got Mark Leggio perfect on the season still in field goals um, you have some dynamic returners how big is the field position battle going to be tonight well I think it's huge I, I really do uh, you know again uh, early in the ball game the adrenaline flow from uh, Ottawa is going to be very high and so uh, with their great kicker uh, Leone uh, as a punter and with uh, their field goal kicker Ward you know, if they get themselves in position, they're going to score some points. So you have to really uh, be able to uh, maintain field position with your kicking game. And, and uh, that goes back to the idea that if you convert your second downs and, and you keep the, the ball moving on the offensive side, you get enough 10 yards, you're going to end up in the end zone. Coach, one quick one here. We're running short on time here. We didn't get to talk to you about this last week with what the adjustments were made when the uh, Tunde Adelike came off the injury list and the fact of sliding him to halfback and, and keeping Cassitonis at the safety position. Do you like that? Yeah, I'm worried about tonight because we have uh, six players for five positions, and one of those players, the backup, Burke, is, is a uh, draft choice. And you got two, uh, actually three, uh, free safeties playing uh, at the same time. You know, I'm, I'm concerned if something happens, uh, how we're going to cover that area. With his pregame salutations, he's John Salavanis, as I always like to say. He's a beauty, folks. Coach Sal, we certainly appreciate your analysis and your time. We hope you enjoy this evening's game. I will enjoy it. Thanks again, Bubba and Andy.